Social Media Influence on Family Ties. In this thought-provoking episode of Married to India, we're going to look into the seismic shift in the mindset of our youth influenced heavily by social media. As parents of five, we see this significantly in our two daughters, especially aged 27 and 19. We've observed firsthand how digital platforms are molding their perceptions, values, and beliefs, all of which were instilled in them from a very young age, only to warp their sense of truth and well-being, often clashing with the family ethos we've nurtured. We will discuss a sense of loss and disconnection many parents feel, the rising trend of estrangement in family relationships, and ponder over the critical question, can we, as a society, salvage the sanctity of the parent-child bond amidst this digital wave? Join me as we explore solutions, share insights, and seek a path to understanding and connecting with our children in this social media age. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Married to India. I'm your host, Amy Rigetti, as you all may know, but to those of you new, welcome. And in today's episode, we're tackling the topic that's nearly shredded my heart. I believe many of yours, too, given the amount of DMs I've received. As a parent and two daughters and three sons in a wide variety of age groups, I've been on the front lines witnessing the profound impact that social media has on their worldview. It's a journey that's both enlightening and at times heart-wrenching. How has social media reshaped our teens' minds? Where does it leave us as parents? So let's unravel these questions together today. We are in a world where trends, opinions, and ideals are served on a platter constantly and instantaneously. For our teens, this is their reality. It's their norm. But how different is this from the values we've instilled while at home? The influence of platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat on today's youth is immense. The shaping of their self-image, societal norms, and even their worldviews is in a significant way. And here's how these platforms are molding the minds of the younger generation, such as Instagram and Snapchat. They've created a hyper-focus on appearance and personal branding, the prevalence of filters and photo editing apps can distort reality, setting unrealistic beauty standards. And teens are often comparing themselves to these idealized images, which can lead to issues with self-esteem and body image. The Instagram versus reality phenomenon, where users post side-to-side photos showing a polished, edited image alongside an unfiltered one, does aim at combating this, but also highlights the prevalence of such a big issue. Social media has introduced an era of instant gratification where likes, comments, and shares have become a quick measure of approval and popularity. And this can lead to an over-reliance on external validation for self-worth, affecting teenagers' mental health, and the dopamine rush that receiving these notifications or achieving a certain number of likes can be quite addictive, making our teens crane constant approval. This is just striving to get attention from sources they don't really need nor will improve the quality of their own lives, yet they can't see this because they don't understand it. Most of our kids who are subjected to these social media platforms haven't even experienced enough life yet to know right from wrong, truth from non-truth, and this is just being thrown at them at an alarming rate. We can't even, as parents, keep up with the amount of information tossed at our children the way that it is. If they read textbooks the way that they read the social media, America would be a strong economy. But this is something that, as parents, we are forced. This is not an option. 
We are forced with this at a very young age, right from when the kids are asked to bring their own devices to school so they can use those. That's not an option for us. That is kind of a demand put on us by, you know, society and the school systems and so forth. Our kids literally cannot live within the school system without a device. I mean, I don't know how we are drinking the Kool-Aid knowing that this is not something that we are being given as an option. We are required. Textbooks are now on these devices. It's actually quite unfortunate that I feel like there's not a bigger uproar about trying to pause or slow or halt the growth of this as much as it has been. I think a lot of us parents who first were involved in this didn't realize the effects that it was going to have. But at what point do we say enough is enough? Platforms like TikTok have become powerful tools. I really believe TikTok has a great influence on both of my girls. My boys, while I'm not saying they don't watch it, they don't take it as personal. Women have a different gravitation towards that particular platform, I feel, than many. Viral changes, memes, and popular TikTok personalities can quickly sway even public opinion, especially among these younger audiences. And this can have a positive aspect, such as promoting social causes and encouraging creativity, but it also risks spreading misinformation or promoting very harmful behaviors. Social media has changed the way teens interact and communicate. Relationships, both platonic and romantic, often start and evolve online now. And the ability to connect with a global community is positive for cultural change and broadening perspectives. I couldn't be the first one to agree with that more, but it can also lead to superficial connections where the depth of relationships is sometimes sacrificed for breadth. The rise of social media has brought forward concerns about privacy and safety, especially for younger users. This is something we personally have experienced with the situation with our daughter. That man is nowhere to be found on the internet, yet he's on Snapchat. He's 53 years old. What the hell is he doing on Snapchat? And why is Snapchat not protecting our children as well? I don't really get it. But this is something that parents, as we move forward, and the generations that are now come up, something's going to have to be done. Or else the world that we're looking at is pretty bleak. The rise of social media has brought forward concerns about the pressure to share personal information. Life updates can lead to overexposure and vulnerability online, teaching teens about digital footprints, privacy settings, and the long-term impact of their online activities is crucial. I think when our kids went, the biggest thing we had to worry about at that time with our oldest was, be careful what you post on Facebook. Colleges might be looking at this. Now there's so much more that you have to worry about, but not only that, the access that these underage kids are now giving potential pedophiles and creeps to just drop into their DMs because nowhere is there any restrictions that us parents have to sign off on. One thing with social media that I don't understand is any of our kids under 18, why why are we not requiring, you know, scans of our license to join these social platforms to verify that we are who we say we are and the addresses that we have? This would protect so much. You know, I'm not saying necessarily banning. I mean, although I I am definitely on board for a TikTok ban. I definitely believe that we need to have something in place to verify who is who, not just by signing up for an account. I think it needs to be verified by some type of ID to guarantee that even 
our youth, if they are talking to somebody, they know that's exactly who they're talking to on the other side. How is it that we can guarantee their safety as a country if we're not putting in the work and the requirements in order to do so? Platforms like Instagram and TikTok have become arenas for political and social activism. We get it, especially among the youth. The movements and campaigns can gain momentum quickly online, and that's great. And teens are exposed to a variety of social issues and perspectives. That's wonderful. And this can be empowering. It can be encouraging for civic engagement, but also requires critical thinking skills to navigate complex and sometimes polarizing viewpoints. It's a beautiful thing. I think everything in regulated amounts can be wonderful. You know, we don't send our kids to school 24 hours a day either. That wouldn't be good. But we have no regulation on how much time is being spent. As a matter of fact, it's almost as if the more time you put on, the more benefits you get, the more outcome for you seems to be improved. And this is just teaching our kids that they just can't slow down. I personally feel this within my business that if we're not posting, if we're not out there, if we're not doing things, if we're not showing things, if we're not telling things, we're just not relevant. When did we get to a world where we just valued and measured our relevance based on social media? It truly is a sad situation. Interestingly, there's a growing counterculture on these platforms that challenges mainstream norms and promotes diversity, body positivity, and mental health awareness. The movement is a response to the pressures and unrealistic standards perpetuated by social media, indicating a self-awareness among a younger generation. And this is all good stuff. And in summary, platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat are significantly influencing the self-perception, societal norms, and daily behaviors of these teens. While offering avenues, obviously, for creativity, expression, and global connection, they also pose challenges related to mental health, privacy, and the quality of social interactions. As parents and educators, it's important to guide our teens to navigate these platforms responsibly, fostering a balanced and critical approach to their digital lives. The digital influence brings us to the heart of this discussion today. The growing divide between parents and children, as my husband and I have navigated through the our daughter's evolving beliefs and choices, we sometimes feel like we're speaking different languages. Is this a natural generational shift or is this social media accelerating and deepening this divide? Let's go a little bit more into the complexities of this changing parent-child dynamic. These statistics are definitely on the rise. Google it. You'll see it. It's happening more common than I care to admit. And as we raise our children in a world vastly different from the one that we grew up in, my husband and I are often finding ourselves navigating very uncharted waters. Their beliefs influenced by global online communities and sometimes very much feel alien to us, almost as if we're speaking these different languages. As I mentioned earlier, is it merely the age-old tale of generational differences? Or has social media played a unique role in widening this gap. It almost at times feels like a huge ravine. To explore this, we must first acknowledge the unprecedented access to information and diverse perspectives that our kids have today within platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. They don't just offer entertainment, they're windows to a world of varied ideologies and lifestyles. And while this exposure can broaden horizons, it can also create fundamental differences in outlooks and values compared to previous generations. However, it's crucial to differentiate between the influence of social media and natural generational shifts. 
I get that. Every generation has its unique set of influences, be it radio, TV, and now we got the internet. And each of these has historically contributed to a certain degree of disconnect between parents and children. We've seen it since the Beavers. But what sets social media apart is the speed and intensity with which it impacts perceptions and beliefs. Can we even keep up with that? So how do we as parents navigate this? The key lies in open mindfulness, communication. is about creating a space where our children feel heard and understood. And we as parents can also share our perspectives without judgment. We need to learn their language, understand their digital world, and guide them through the complexities. This doesn't mean that we have to agree with everything they say or do, but it does mean that we need to listen and understand. Moreover, it's about finding common ground. Despite the digital influence, our kids still crave authentic connection, support, and guidance. And it's about balancing their needs for independence with a role as their guides and mentors. It's not just about adapting. Sometimes it's about mourning a loss, a loss of a connection, shared values, shared morals, and understanding. And many parents today share this sentiment. We're mourning the family fabric that we genuinely thought that we were weaving. But how do we cope with this? Is it possible to bridge this gap? Or are we looking at a new normal in family relationships? Lord, I hope not. Navigating this evolving dynamics of family relationships in a digital age can indeed feel like a process of mourning for many of us parents. And the sense of loss of connections, shared values, and understanding is a profound challenge in an era of social media and rapid technology advancement. However, I do believe, looking back on everything we've experienced, that there are ways to cope with the shift and possibly bridge that gap that all of us are finding is too familiar. The first step I believe in coping is acknowledging that change is inevitable in all aspects of life, including family dynamics, accepting that your children's worldviews and experiences will differ significantly from your own, and maybe that can be a little liberating. It allows you to approach these changes with curiosity rather than resistance, but then it also allows you to have a little bit clarity in what's going to be acceptable in your family and what's not. Foster an environment of open, non-judgment communication. Encourage your children to share their perspectives and experiences in the digital world. In turn, share your values and concerns honestly, but respectfully. Mutual understanding is built through dialogue, not dictation. Try to understand the digital platforms and the trends that are shaping your child's lives. This doesn't mean that you have to become a social media expert, but having a basic understanding helps bridge that generational divide. It shows your child that you're making an effort to enter into their world. I was really resistant against this for a long time because it's just not something that I wanted to do. I'm a, I'm a busy mom of five. I'm a business owner. You know, I've got my own things going on and to think that I have to add this extra task of being on social media to see what's going on in the world just seemed like it was a little ridiculous to me. And for a long time, it was something that I resisted. And even now, it's not something that I enjoy. For the most part, if I'm on social media, it has to do with business or just keeping up with what my friends are doing. But I never want to feel like I don't have a personal relationship with my friends because, hey, I've seen it all. You're posting it out there on social media. You really do have to invest in that time and spending with one, one another and building those relationships on that one-on-one -on -one side. So don't forget that. Always remember just when you can, just rein it back in. Another thing you can do is identify activities and interests that you and your children both enjoy. And it could be as simple as watching a movie together, cooking a meal, or going on a walk. Share experiences that 
can become maybe what's going to have to be the new fabric of your family life. Part of the journey is respecting that your children are individuals with their own set of beliefs and values. And while this might mean they stray away from the path we envisioned, it's also a sign of their own growth and independence. I just want to reiterate that this has to be within the realm of reason. I always have felt like I'm pretty reasonable and I've allowed my kids to pretty much do anything they wish within reason. But we have learned very quickly that there are going to be things that just unfortunately for both sides are just going to be a hard no. And how you deal with that independently, that's something I can't advise you on. But you have to do what's right by your heart and your soul. And remember that whatever those decisions are, that's something you have to live with. And in the end, they're also going to have to live with theirs. Sometimes talking to other parents or a professional can provide new insights and coping mechanisms. And remember, you're not alone in this experience. Many other parents are navigating similar challenges. I myself started going to counseling after all this stuff happened with our daughter to see if there was something I could be doing differently. Maybe there was a side of the world I wasn't understanding or fully engaging in that I didn't, that, that something was happening out there that maybe I was just a miss on. But after counseling, it just reassured me that all the decisions, all the choices that we're making for us are the right ones. While there are challenges, there are also positives in the way of digital age has shaped our youth today. And they often have access to information opportunities and learning and global connections that were unimaginable in previous generations. And while adapting to the norms, maybe keep some family traditions alive. They can be anchors in a rapidly changing world and a reminder of your family's unique identity and history. We're changing ours up a little this year, as we've always decorated the tree after Thanksgiving. But this year, we're going to decorate it the day before. We're going to start our day off with hustling all those boxes up from the storage room and pulling out that tree and putting those decorations on. And my boys are going to just step it up a little bit and take their little brother out to lunch. Followed by that, we're going to probably finish decorating that tree that's only halfway done. And we're all going to go out to dinner together, given that my oldest son is now working. So he's not going to be with us for Thanksgiving because he's going to be working, which I totally encourage that independence in him. But we're going to go out and enjoy a nice dinner together as if it was his Thanksgiving with us. And then Thanksgiving Day, we will be spending that with my parents, my sister, my family, my brother-in-law. And we will just remind ourselves of what's here, what's present, what wants to be here, what wants to be part of our lives, and what wants us to be part of theirs. And we're just going to embrace that and be ever so thankful for it. Understanding and bridging gaps take time. And I'm not the most patient person, but I do believe that with practice and patience and empathy with our children and yourself. Every family's journey is unique and it's okay to navigate this at your own pace because ultimately while the digital age presents new challenges, it also offers new opportunities for connection and understanding. It's possible to weave a new kind of fabric, one that respects both traditional values and modern realities. And by approaching these changes with empathy, openness, and adaptability, families can find a balance that works for them in this new normal. Despite these challenges, hope springs eternal. And can we find a middle ground? Are there strategies to connect our teens without compromising our core values? We'll discuss potential approaches in fostering understanding, respect, and most importantly, open communication channels that respect both worlds. Because finding a middle ground, it's just not possible, but it's essential for maintaining healthy relationships with 
our teens in this digital era. Here are some strategies I've come up with to foster understanding, respect, communication without compromising those core values. Take a genuine interest in embracing their world in their digital activities. Ask them to show you their favorite apps. Social media influencers are online games. This doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything they do, but showing interest bridges those gaps. And it will also allow you to get involved with what it is that they're viewing, what it is that they're taking in, and kind of figure out your own way to combat maybe the things that you feel are rightfully wrong. Discuss and set reasonable boundaries for digital usage. And this should be a collaborative process where you both engage and contribute to that conversation. It's about finding a balance that respects their autonomy while adhering to family values. Instead of telling them no or that you don't want them to do, do that, I have found that just explain to them like why it looks bad or why they shouldn't be doing that or maybe they should spend a little bit more time in this. Don't get so caught up in that. That's, to me, one of those things where they can kind of learn to set their own boundaries because when they go away to college, they're going to have to be in control of that. Communicate your concerns about social media and the digital world honestly without judgment. Explain, like I said, why why do you worry about those things? Teens are more likely to understand when they know the reasoning behind your concerns. Engage in activities that both you and the teens enjoy. As I mentioned, this could be anything from a shared hobby, a TV show, or sport. Share activities so that you can create opportunities for natural conversations and bonding. A lot of our kids are now just going off to their rooms. They'll be in there for hours. We don't even know what the hell they're doing. But we get so caught up in our own lives that we just let it go on because we're getting caught up on our own work that maybe we've fallen behind on. If I could go back now, I would, I would definitely not let my kids, especially my daughter, spend as much time as she had in that room. The amount of time she was spending in her room was more than I was putting into her at most times. And I feel like in some ways, that's how he got into her head. So I encourage you, pull those kids out of their rooms, keep these doors open policy, and encourage these kids to just engage with you, have fun with them, but also make sure you maintain those boundaries of respect. I can't count how, how many times I've heard kids using curse words at their parents, and then I'm looking and they're like, I don't know why they talk to me like that. Because you talk to them like that. So just remember what you're putting in, that's what you're going to get out. And that's one thing that I have definitely learned over the years. It's so important to put in what you want to get out. Educate your kids about the nuances of digital literacy, including the understanding of privacy, the permanence of digital footprints, and the importance of critical thinking online. This empowers them to navigate the digital world way more safely. And lead by example. Show them how to have a healthy relationship with technology. If you're asking them to put their phones away during dinner, you do the same thing. Don't be the one that is the pot calling the kettle black. Practice what you preach. Encourage teens to balance their online interactions with real-world connections. Facilitate opportunities for them to spend time with friends and family in person, whether that's gatherings, whether that is going out shopping, whether that is even just window shopping, whatever it is. Go out and engage. Be part of your community. You know those things we had out there before COVID began? They're coming back. Get involved. Hold regular family meetings where everyone can discuss their week, air any grievances, and share experiences. This fosters a sense of unity and open communication. We did it when we were younger and we lived with our aunt and uncle. It was probably one of the best times in my life knowing that we just had people that genuinely loved and cared about us. It was probably one of the things after we moved out that we missed and craved the most. 
And while it's important to monitor online activities for safety, it's also crucial to respect their privacy. Trust this is a two-way street. And respecting their space can build mutual respect. And it's at that point when they become adults that they're going to decide whether they're going to reciprocate that. And the hardest part in that is knowing you have no control over it. The digital landscape is ever-changing, and so are the ways that our teens are interacting with it. So stay informed, guys, and be willing to adapt your strategies as needed. And in conclusion, while navigating the digital influence on teens is challenging, it's also an opportunity to grow together as a family. By combining understanding, open communication, and shared values, you can create a supportive environment that respects both the digital and the real aspects of their lives. And as a parent, I wish I had more time for the learning curves that we had to endure. And I hope that sharing this can help others get in front of what obviously I've been behind in for so long. Without warning, therefore, it's always remained a cat and mouse game that I never felt like I could truly catch up to. And I'm not forgotten that we are just days away from Thanksgiving, and I'm reminded that we should be thankful for all the positives and people in our lives that choose to be there every single day, that our days with them are not promised, and never is our future certain. So today, I want to remind all of you that I am grateful, thankful, and humbled by your love and support now and always. And may all of you be blessed now and forever, but especially on this Thanksgiving day. Cheers to you all. And as we wrap up today's episode, let's remember, change is the only constant. And while social media has indeed reshaped our teens' perspectives, it doesn't spell the end of meaningful child and parent relationships. It calls for evolution, understanding, and patience from both sides. And thank you for joining me on this journey today. And if you're grappling with similar challenges, knowing that you're not alone, hopefully will give you some type of solace. So let's continue this conversation. Share your stories, share your struggles, and your triumphs. Together, we can navigate these uncharted waters. Thank you.